everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and we're on episode 335, an update episode. Update episodes. We love our update episodes because it is our opportunity to discuss what we're doing in the reselling uh, sphere, kind of how our, our reselling journey is going, uh, kind of give some updates on just the reselling world in general as we go through some news and some topics of things that are happening, and then to give the hot, sweet, juicy bolos, things that you should be looking out for, uh, things that sell for good money on eBay that you should be checking out at garage sales and thrift stores and other places you're sourcing. So uh, we love our update episodes. Uh, Orlando, what's what's going on with you? What's oh, new, man? Is- so I think I'm going to start with the bad and then go to the good. Mm, bad news first. So I, mm, I don't even know how to phrase this in a way. I always want to make sure that things sound like they're going to improve, but I don't know. I don't know. I just, I got to keep it real. Sales have been horrendous. I, I, I have not had this bad of sales. I don't think ever. Like in the sense that, you know, I think last summer I had talked about, I think it was like June. Like I can't keep going on like this for another six months, you know? And and at that point in time, my sales dipped by 20%. Now they've dipped about 25%. And now is this year over year, like this time last year, or are you comparing it? Like when I'm just you- comparing the 90 days. So okay. like, so 90 day to 90 day. I, That's I, hard to do though. Cause the last 90 days was Q4, like, like the period before. True, But even Q4 wasn't great. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like I had this huge uptick, but if you looked like what your, so for instance, you're maybe January, February timeframe or February and beginning of March, like we're in right now compared to this time last year. Like, are you down that much compared to last oh, yeah. year? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I don't, I'm now I'm not substantially down, but the problem is, is that I've been playing catch up, right? So, you know, end of December, things went well, January, early first part of January, things were great. And then something happened going to February where things just began to dip, where it went from, and I had mentioned this before, it went from having, you know, consistently I would have like a home run sale, like an item that sold for like 100 to 500 almost every day. Uh, not every day, almost every day. And then I would have the bread and butter sales and then, you know, I'd be fine. And now it's rare that I would have anything that sells for over 100. So that that's kind of hurting a little bit because uh, my average sale price has gone down. And so... Now it's, you know, I'm hoping to get more sales, but it's usually like $30 here, $40 here, $30 here, 40, you know, $20 here, whatever it is. And for the first time, I actually had to dip into savings. And I'm just being real with everybody here because, you know, this is, this, we're not gurus. I'm, we're just documenting our lives. And so, you know, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I've, I've done everything, right? I've done, you know, promote, everything's promoted in my store. I have a sale going on the whole time. I have a coupon. I'm sending offers. I'm listing every day. I I believe I'm I'm sourcing quality items. And so I, I just think it's a sign of the economy. Like I'm not going to get mad at eBay, right? And and you know, eBay has its own problems and we talk about those all the time, but this is just sign of, you know, people are being more uh, restrictive with their money. Now that could be the case for my store. There could be some of you out there right now that are going to put in the comments like nope. 
Things have been incredible. But you got to be careful when people say that. I always say this because all the time I will post something on social media that's real about, you know, sales have been dipping or or, you know, this is why I don't like returns. And you'll get people in there that be like, yep, that's why I never do returns. Or you'll get people that say, nope, things have been great. And then I'll go check out like their eBay store or I'll check out, you know, how long they've been reselling. They they're like part time and they have like 200 items and they sell maybe two items a day. So for them, yeah, things have been great, right? For them, you know, not having returns isn't an issue. And so I don't listen to those people because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to. Right. But really, you almost can't listen to anybody. You can take. No, like, I the agree ag- with that. You can I take agree. Like, the aggregate, though. Like if you could you can kind of say like. All right. It seems like in general, most people are experiencing this or most people are not experiencing this and kind of get an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody who's in like a niche market that's doing well might not be affected as much as somebody who's in a market that, you know, is not doing well or if an everything store versus, you know, somebody who's like really focused in or, you know, there's so many factors to play. And like you said, like, are you are you selling a, is your net profit for the month four hundred dollars a month? And that's what you've been doing. You're like, yeah, sales are great. But you're comp- used to getting more, yep. or, you know, so there's so many factors in play there. Uh, so you can't compare anybody because same thing, like it could be somebody who's way bigger than you and, and they're saying things are really bad, but they've had a 10% drop, but they're still Correct. doing $500,000 a month in sales because <laughs> yeah. they're big, you know, so yeah, 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 it, it's yeah. really difficult to, to compare yourself to anybody, but you can kind of get a, a gist of, okay, it seems like people are experiencing this um, at large. This is the experience in the community and it's good. Maybe sometimes to have a little bit of that validation because then you could say, Maybe it's the economy. Maybe it's something happening with eBay. Maybe it's, you know, whatever the the thing is. But like we've talked about in previous podcasts, there's only so much you can do about the things you can't control, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? You can only control the things you can control. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's like not been great, hey, though. It, well, it, but here's the deal. I'm, I'm not stopping. Like, I'm not going to give up. I, I've always said this and I've said this for like the last two years. If we can make it through this, we're going to be golden on the other side. Yeah. Right. I mean, one of the things Craig Listener had uh, spoken of uh, several videos back that he made was that right now is the time to buy. Buy. Yeah, and buy, if buy, you're buy. in a place that you can buy and you can hold stuff, you're going to be in a really good place once the economy takes off and you can, you know, charge a whole lot more for your items that you have. Yeah. The hard part is holding on. Holding well, holding <laughs> on and, and recognizing that sometimes those those peaks and valleys in the economy, the the growth and the the expansion and the the withdrawal type phases in our economy, those uh those can be like seven year periods, right? And and not to say yeah, like the sure. whole seven years is down and the whole seven years is up, but like in waves like that, somewhere between seven to fourteen years, I think has kind of been the average over, you know, the last recorded couple hundred years. But th- those retractions and expansions in the economy when you're in the retraction, that seven year period ish or so, there's gonna be a a deep steep decline potentially and then starting to come out of it but you're still down mm-hmm. right so it could be a seven-year period where you're holding but maybe only like half of that time is like things keep getting worse and then things start to pick back up the last half of that so, yeah so there's yeah there's the other side that we've heard from other resellers that went through the 08 recession that said things really took off once the recession hit so we're not there i am well it depends events you know what news source or who you listen to if you actually believe that the experts know what they're talking about because, uh, you know, inflation was transitory, right? Anyways, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> it's still transitory, correct? Uh, so I, I'm not, it's not doom and gloom. I, I trust that things will work out and things will be fine. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's going to just take hard work and it's going to take, you know, d- pivoting. It's going to take me deciding, 
you know, sometimes I'm going to have to let things go and I'm going to have to drop prices or I'm going to have to do what it takes to make sales. Uh, the other the other thing I wanted to say about this was, you know, a lot of people are, you know, get, get bought into this idea from from the gurus and and we we push it too. OK, uh, you know, you want to get out of that nine to five. Right. You want to be independent. You want to be your own boss. But here's the thing. Don't make that move unless you know you can sustain yourself in a bad economic time. Right. That that's my my fear. Whenever people ever ask us on the Discord or or in comments or on Instagram, you know, I lay out my whole plan. I, I send them. We have a few episodes where we talk about when's the time to go full time. You have to make sure you're taken care of. Right. And, and you're you have to be willing to uh, take the risk that complements your lifestyle. Right. So for myself, it's me and and my two boys and I don't have any family. I have my mom and my brother that live up north in the Bay Area, but they're not better off financially than I am. Um, I'm probably going to end up, you know, having to take care of them if something would happen to one of them. Uh, I don't ha- that's all the family I, ha- I have. Right. So if things go bad for me, it's going to go bad. Hmm. Right. But, you know, if you're married, you have two two possible incomes. Right. If you're married and you have in-laws and you have cousins, and you have whatever and you have a big community then you can take bigger risks. Right. And so you got to you got to play all that out and, and think about all that, because that also plays a role. And, you know, are you able to go to full time? Are you able to take those risks in reselling? OK, and you want me to talk about the good news? Yeah, it's here. So this is kind of a random story, but it's not. And those of you that follow us on Instagram already caught this. If you haven't been following us on Instagram, we're Prius podcast on all platforms, but yeah. we're Prius cast on Twitter. So follow us there. Uh, I got to tell you, it I have not found the grail shirt in a long time and i would say this has been my favorite find of all time whoa all time oh i mm, pretty close pretty hey, close okay put this fine i don't even know what it is yet put this fine up next to uh freddie funko so freddie 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 funko was it's a it's a fun find it is i mean he's still hanging out by the side i'm supposed to get some plexiglass uh, thing. Anyways, if you're wondering what Freddie Funko is, when Toys R Us was shutting down, I had the opportunity to buy uh, one of their store displays. And so I've kept this entire time, even though I probably should have sold it by now, but it's just it's cool. So I'm I'm holding on. But here's what happens. It's so, in a box. You can't even see it. That's true. It's just been, you just see like the crown, his crown. I mean, if I was bold enough, I'd pick it up and show you guys, but I'm not that yoked. But uh, this was different. So you never know, right? With garage sales, you get up in the morning. You know, you, you do your plans and you're going, maybe it'll be a good day. You know, maybe. And so on this morning, it was it was a decent day. I, uh, you know, got a first garage sale. It wasn't so great. But my second garage sale, uh, there was a box like under a shelf. You know, when people have garage sales, but they go into the garage and inside the garage, is like set up shelves, mm-hmm. you know, with like inventory. So this is at the bottom of a shelf was a box. I guess no one had gone through it. And I, I pull out the box and there's all this uh, Padres uh, memorabilia, which Padres stuff has been pretty hot because they almost made it to the National League playoffs last year, possibly the World Series. This next year, they, you know, their best players back. Uh, they also just signed somebody else for like the fourth largest contract in baseball history. And so they're going to do well this year. And no one picked that up. So I picked that up and, you know, I paid $50 and it's going to be a great moneymaker. So I'm like, all right, things are going well. So then I'm driving and I forget what it is. Is it called freestyling when you, you don't plan out where you're going to go? 
American pickers have like a word for that. Yeah, like, sure. You're, it sounds like freestyling. Maybe. I think, I mean, it's not like rapping, but you know what I mean? So I ended up seeing signs for a garage. So I'm like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go to this garage. So I pull up and I, all I see is kids clothes. Now, what would you instantly do if you saw kids clothes? Yeah, a lot of times we just drive away. You just drive if away, right? All, if it just seems like it's 99%, that's what it is. Yeah. And that's what it looked yeah. like. But then I saw a sign that said clo- all clothes free. So I was like, eh, maybe I'll just peruse. Yeah, pick not up peruse, couple, but pick peruse. up a couple onesies. <laughs> peruse means looks in detail. No, I meant to just like, you know, d- do a quick glance. And I look and I see this like single stitch Portland Trail Blazer shirt just like folded up. And I'm like, what? What is this? So I, I unfold it. And sure enough, it's a vintage uh, Salem brand of Salem name tag uh, Portland Trail Blazer shirt probably like a $50 shirt. I, and I'm like, huh? Okay, cool. And then I was about to leave and I'm like, wait, maybe there's more here and it's free anyways. Right. So I find another one. If one was Clyde Drexler from the nineties, those of you that remember the nineties, you know, awesome ball player, like what? Another one. Find another one and another one. And then the last shirt. I, I just, ah, I, I don't I don't even have words for it, but I, I'll tell you what it is. So it was a 1990 Nintendo World Championship shirt. No, not Nintendo World. Sorry. 1990 Nintendo. Yeah. 1990 Nintendo World Championship shirt. So this shirt isn't a shirt. It was probably mass produced, but it wasn't a shirt that you could just like easily buy at the store or whatever. Right. You had to like participate. Okay. And the shirt. So the latest one for the one I have sold for about two fifty. All right, that's All right. nice. Free, free, free. Yeah. But but the cool thing about it is there's none listed right now, and that's the last one that sold. So I don't know what I'm gonna sell this for. Instantly on Instagram, everybody's like, "How much do you want for the shirt? How much do you want for the shirt?" And it, here's the funny thing: I I told everybody, "Hey, I'm not looking to sell yet, but I'm willing to take offers." No one sent me an offer, so everybody's a good reseller. Right. Yeah. Nobody's want to give you the first price because if somebody gave me a number that I couldn't, you know, say no to, I would have sold it. But nobody was willing to give me that number. Now, the shirt was clean. No dry rot. It had a couple stains, like light stains in the front. But it's a sweet shirt. Like you have to remember 1990. OK, these are kids that are playing yeah. right? these games. So these shirts. So these shirts probably went through all kinds of craziness and to last from 1990 till 2023. Randomly to be on the floor of a garage sale, just like rump, like with a bunch of other shirts. And I asked, I asked the lady, I was like, "Free? Are you sure these are free?" She's like, "Yep, they're free. Just take whatever you want." And I was like, "All right." And I grabbed the bag and I just loaded up and got in my car and I said, "Wow, this is the most amazing find I've ever had." Because I've always watched like vintage shirt people, and I always wonder how they come across them. Right. I, I do think a lot of the vintage shirts that I come across is just dealers selling to dealers, just like people just trading off. And that's how they get the shirts that they have. Or they end up ordering those huge, uh, those, I don't know what you call it, but not, they're not pallets, but they're that huge, like wrapped up, you know, there's like a hundred shirts. Okay. Yeah. I, I forget what they're called, but they order those and somehow they find grills in those. Uh, but to just find one in the wild on a garage, so you didn't plan for, for free. And it's that shirt that that was pretty amazing because, you know, the game, the game is a grail. So if you find the the Nintendo 1990 uh, World Championship game, 
It's like 25k hmm. used. So I was I was I was pretty happy with that find. So that that made my that made my garage sale morning. I, I have no words. Just here's the thing. You never know. I, I find that, uh, you know, garage sales are that treasure hunt that that isn't, you know, it isn't talked about much. And that's OK. We'll just keep it that way. I'm trying to find uh, the, the game here. Let's see how much the last game sold for. You think it's sold for? Let's see. Okay, $1,200. Last thing that sold was, uh, oh, this was a Nintendo World Championship 1990 Ultimate Lot Prize Package. So there was like a shirt and a hat and some other stuff. Yeah, it's it's here. So here's a shirt I'm showing Mike, but okay. you guys can look it up. Yeah. Um, I'll show you in real life after the book. I should have I brought it on the podcast. I'll put it on. I'll wear it. No, you are not putting this shirt on. <laughs> Come on. It's gone through all those kids and survived. This shirt is hanging me. out in, in, in my safe until I sell it. It's a $250. I mean, it's really cool. I think it's on, worth man. more than $250. You wouldn't let me wear a $250 shirt. All the all the history that we have. Come on, man. Let us know in the comments below. Should one of us wear the shirt? That's the question. All right. Tell tell me about how's life for you. Life is you got a lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on. So I mean, maybe I could have just started with this for those who've been kind of following the story. So my uh, my son is home now. So we're after over or almost three weeks in the NICU. Uh, we are home and so things are starting to get back to normal. We're not hundred percent there yet. Um, we still have lots of like monitoring and doctor's appointments and stuff. So not hundred percent relieved from the stress, uh, but you know, having your family complete, it's a huge, huge stress relief, not having to leave every night and not be with my other boys. And so we're starting to get kind of back into the things. And the nice thing is, like I mentioned on previous episodes, I've, I've been able to still resell even during that time. And if, there are things worse than than what we went through for sure. Like mm-hmm. we went through a really hard thing. We still have a kind of a hard season ahead of us, uh, but there are definitely things that are worse. I, I, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, we went through the hardest thing and look, I'm still able to do some reselling. So look how great I am. Cause there are, I'm sure countless situations that, that would completely have crippled me and made it so I couldn't have done anything, but we were able to accept a few offers here and there because, Hey, this will be easy to ship. We've extended our, you know, we're on time away. So, uh, we've got plenty of time if an offer comes in to to ship these things and hey, we've got an extra 30 minutes now, let's just ship it. So things are going out early and then we're now done with the time away. But it was nice because we were able to not source, but at least still ship some items here and there, take some offers and be a little picky with offers. If offers came in, you know, we, we didn't necessarily take them, but um, I've actually decided like, hey, so let's let's get back into the swing of things. Let's do a little bit of sourcing. Um Sold quite a few books recently. I actually just on the way here stopped at the post office and dropped off a whole bunch of books, which is kind of weird. I, I feel like I went for a long spell of not selling books, and then I've yeah, sold a few sets. Weird hearing and a you few, talk about books, yeah, a few individual books, and so it's kind of like, okay, I wonder if this market's picking back up. Maybe I could be wrong, but I think it's like one of those things where, I mean, there's some people who will always read books, uh, but part of it is like if you get like young kid sets of like good quality books. Uh, there's a big movement. A lot more people are starting to homeschool or, mm-hmm. or take like education of their kids more seriously. So certain books are going to do well there. Uh, and then also things like I've talked about manga and other things, you know, as things get expensive, as TV is super expensive and people are like, you know, let's just cut Hulu. Let's cut Disney plus. I mean, most people won't do that, but some will. And, you know, maybe books are becoming, I don't know what it is, but I've sold more books recently. This could just anecdotal. Maybe there's no reason for it. It just so happened. Uh, and then stopped at a thrift store. And I'll tell you what, when I walked into the thrift store, um, I was like shocked. Like I go to the shoes. It's typically 
not the first place I go to at a thrift store, but this the shoes at this thrift store are right up front. So I was like, oh, I'll stop and look at the shoes. And what used to be a couple of years ago when I had sourced this store, it was, a, it was a, the veteran store, oh, the okay, DAV. Okay. The shoes usually there would, would run a couple of bucks, two, three bucks, four bucks. And if it was like really nice shoes, they might be like $9, but usually one of the tags is on sale. And most of the shoes were going for like the lowest prices were like $10, yep. $8 were like the really low prices all the way up to 18, 20 bucks for shoes. And I'm like, wait a minute, what happened here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm like already like really defeated. I'm thinking, is this it? Like, am I, I can't even source stuff anymore. Like always garage sales. It's always an opportunity, but I can't even walk into a thrift store with a little bit of time. So I walked around, looked at some other things and then finally started to find a few things that I'm like, all right, I can make some money on this. You know, I had to kind of branch out. I looked at some hats and I found a, an old 1997 new with tags, new era uh, Packers versus Patriots Super Bowl hat. Cool. So I'm like, all right, like, you know, and it was almost three dollars. It was like two seventy yeah, something. Yeah. 80. So I'm like, I, I could probably sell this for. Twenty five bucks now, maybe if it'll sell, I don't know. It might sit for a while. There's a couple listed mm-hmm. for about twenty five bucks. But if either the Packers or the Patriots make it to the Super Bowl anytime soon, yeah, right, or almost make it, yeah, yeah, or almost make it. Yeah, an, an old, the old, you know, Super Bowl. I think it was thirty one from nineteen ninety seven. That all of a sudden, I think, will become a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's one of those things. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. I'll hold on to it. I've got. It's easy enough to store hats. And I picked up a few more things, and then I, I started to get the bug again. Like as I'm like digging through <laughs> things and finding things, I'm like, all right, this is. Cause after looking at the shoes and after looking at a couple aisles, I'm like, this just sucks. Like I get the, the, the thrift store smell, but I'm not getting the thrift store prices. You know, <laughs> it's like I get, I'm getting the, and that store smells. Yeah. I'm getting the crud, but I'm not getting any of like the gold. Uh, and then I started to find a few things that would make some money. And I, I felt like I finally got the, uh, the, the bug again of like, okay, like this is, this is doable. Uh, and in fact, I've been talking quite a bit about my my potential upcoming move and the area that I'm looking at moving to. I was looking at the thrift stores in the area and believe it or not, there is and everybody swears by them. We've tried. Well, I haven't. You've tried a Goodwill bin here. I don't think the Goodwill bins in San Diego would be my cup of tea. I feel like it's a uh, it's, it's pretty intense. I, th- I feel like the competition here and just the, the the way it's set up is not for me. But you know, it's like that everywhere. Like I saw a video on TikTok of like Utah. I never thought Utah would have like maybe you know, crazy people. Well, see, here's the thing: I've never been to the bin, so maybe maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe I would love it, uh, but where I'm looking at moving, I'm like five minutes away from uh, of a. Uh, I think they call it a Goodwill outlet, but it looks like the bins. Like they have bins, they pull out all yeah, the reviews yeah. or bins. That's pretty. Is that's pretty much what it is. It's, and I'm like. I could do this. Like maybe, you know, the store that shall not be named can actually be profitable for me. If I do some bins, maybe make some bin videos and things like that. So a lot of positive things happen in my family recently and just kind of like getting back into the reselling uh, groove and, and getting some items sold, getting some stuff, um, you know, ready to go. It's been, it's been a good couple of weeks. So, uh, happy to, happy to kind of be back at it. You know, this is one of those things like I went back to work today. Well, this is Wednesday when this episode drops, but we're recording on Monday and today was my first day back to work and everyone's like, Oh, so glad to have you back. Like, how do you feel being back? And the weird thing was like, I was actually excited to go back to work. I'm definitely sad to to not be with my family right now, but to just have routine again, just to kind of be back to normal, like a sense of normal. And so like walking into a thrift store and smelling a thrift store, going back to work, all of those things. It's like, all right, like there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's kind of some hope. There's kind of routine uh, and and things aren't so bad. So, yeah, it's kind of it's been good. Good to, to kind of be moving in the right direction again. No, that's good. That's good. And 
you know, that's the beauty of reselling, though, especially when you're part time, like you can take the breaks. Right. And you can focus on family when you need to. And so yeah. on. So that's good. All right. Hey, before we move on, uh, if there's one thing that stresses a lot of people, it's taxes. Ooh, we are. Right. We're, we're getting close. Well, luckily in California, we have until October 16 now. <laughs> so <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. I'm taking that. They, they extended it. Uh, for for Southern Californians because of the storms. Now I'm sure there are some people. Please do not do not take this as I don't have any uh, sympathy for those who have gone through hardships. But there have been some areas where the storms are really bad. We had some rain here in San Diego for a couple weeks, a week, and it you know it sucked. Uh, but no, I would say 99.9999 percent of people were just inconvenienced by rain. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we are going to extend your taxes to October 16th. So whenever we're driving around, and we see a puddle. We're like, oh, thank goodness. A puddle. They extended our taxes. I didn't know yes. I'd be able to handle it. You know, it's like so. Some people went through really hard things. I don't want to take away from that. But the fact that they just like blanket, like everybody gets yes. an extension. I'm good. I didn't know until I emailed my tax person. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to set up an appointment. I think I'll be ready to go. I've been using this new program, my reseller genie, and I'll be able to give you better numbers. And, <laughs> and then she emailed. She's like, no rush. You have until October 16. Just let me know when. I was like. October 16, I didn't believe her. And I looked it up and sure enough, we were one of the affected counties. All of San Diego. Crazy. It is crazy. All right. So if you haven't yet uh, signed up for My Reseller Genie, I strongly encourage you to, especially if you haven't been having any kind of bookkeeping and you're stressed about your taxes coming up for, you know, you didn't do a lot during 2022. My Reseller Genie does a great job. Uh, One of the things I really like is that it allows you to, Go back through all the stuff that you had listed back in 2022. It's going to take you some time, but you can put in, you know, your cost for each of those items. So eventually you get a profit loss uh, and then you can insert all your expenses. It, it's a great tool. So uh, check them out. My reseller genie. You can go to the link below. It'll give you a 15% off the first month. You'll have to use a promo code uh, pure hustle, all caps and uh, definitely worth signing up. So uh, check them out. My reseller genie down in the link below. All right, do you have any random stories? Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, Supply & Demand. These are pairs that changed the game. But when it comes to business growth, it's you and Shopify. From that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real-life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order, Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies? or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic. Your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Brooklinen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Pure Hustle, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Pure Hustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Pure Hustle. Um, yeah, I do actually. Okay, okay. two of them. So one of them uh, was... <clears throat> I sent a, and this is from like early in my, my, my reselling career. So I, I, I feel bad for this mistaken slightly uh, listing, but it's like also probably like week, maybe six of like reselling that I found these items. <laughs> Anyways, I found uh, these two mugs and they were pretty cool. It was like a Thomas Jefferson and a George Washington mug. And I, I listed them mugs. together. Yeah. So I listed them together and I think I'm pretty sure we just did like a sell similar of somebody who had a similar mm-hmm. listing as, as that. In fact, I think it was somebody who had the exact same two. And at the now in something like that, I would say like some cosmetic wear, see pictures for, mm-hmm. for, you know, reference. At the time, I put good condition, no cracks or chips. Well, the customer reaches out and says, hey, the one of the mugs is great. The other mug, though, has a chip. And I don't think it's a small chip, but I don't think it was from shipping because it's a little bit stained. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh. And they're like, I'll send you pictures. And I'm looking through the pictures that I had posted. And yeah. I could see this little tiny chip in the pictures. It's the worst when it's in the pictures. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I can't fight this now. And I'm like, if I would have just put in the things like some cosmetic wear, see pictures for, you know, then I could have been like, well, it's in the picture. You saw it. You bought it, you know. So I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? So then I tell them, all right, man, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that um, that they arrived damaged. Um, I, you know, you can either send it for a, a refund or I can give you a partial refund because, you know. It's one of those things where I didn't sell them for enough. They're like, okay, by the time they ship it back, I pay for shipping, all of that. I sell them again. I'm going to break even if, if anything. So they said, sure, a partial refund will be fine. And then I immediately respond, great. Um, how much seems fair to you? And they have not responded. And it's been like five or six days. And I'm like, do I like, what do I do? Do I just like make up a number now and partially refund them? Just or, or do I wait until they respond? And and so part of me is like, yeah, if I, if I wait then I might end up with like a negative feedback or something like they promised a partial refund and never sent it. But then I could fight it. Maybe say like, I asked how much, or maybe they, they end up going past this 30 day mark of like, they don't end up telling me how much. Cause I asked them, do I, do I remind them again? Like, I don't know what I do. Like I, at this point, the ball is in their court, but it's just kind of a weird thing. It's like, now I feel bad. because like, I want to give them a partial refund, but I feel like we're doing the awkward negotiating thing where it's like awkward silence. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like they got me in a way. Cause like, I'm like, well, should I just refund them half of it? Cause it was one of the mugs has a little chip on it, but it's only a little chip. You can barely even see it. So I don't know. Maybe you think I wait, let me know in the comments below. What do well, you think? What do you think Mike should do? I would only wait if it wasn't a lot of profit. I mean, if it was a lot of profit, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if you, if you just refund them part, like say you give them 50%, like it's I, not a lot of money. Yeah. So maybe I would just give them the 50%. I would just hate to give them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's I, a principle of the thing too. Like, do I like, do I just do 50% when it's really not that bad? And I kind of feel like they're, you know, taking something. Do you hear that balloon pop? Is that a balloon pop? <laughs> if you're wondering, watching this, wonder why I reacted to balloon pop. My son's in the other room. Yeah, Alondra thought it was a, a was gunshot. Like, that drive-by or something. <laughs> we don't live in that part of San Diego. No, we, we live in a good spot. Um, so that was one one thing that I'm going to go on. Um, so yeah, maybe I just do the half 50%, but I feel like that's maybe too much. 
But oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's right. It's not that big of a deal. The other thing is, so we talked about the, and I'm probably saying it wrong. I need to watch like a commercial of how it's pronounced. Timu, Temu. Oh, yeah. Temu. I don't know. Timu. Anyways. I think the, it's Timur the Lame. The, the uh, great Mongol conqueror. But anyways, go Timu. So it's the, uh, the, the company that's like the products are being shipped straight from China. And they are, they're of, relentless. Like they do not stop like your inbox. Yeah. But it's I looked good, at it's one good marketing. Item. Yeah. Good marketing. Now it's like a mystery deal. If I wanted still free shipping. Here's the thing. It's not bad deals though. Like, so you gotta, you gotta know what you're getting, but here's what's weird. So part of me is like, because it's coming from China directly, are they selling? Cause some things that they're not like counterfeiting. It's like building blocks they're not legos they're clearly not legos they're similar to legos but they're not trying to market them as legos yeah but some of the little lego mini like minifigs like they look very close to a lego minifig but they're still not being like marketed as lego right they don't put that brand name on so how close would you say are they like 99 i don't know i haven't bought them but here's what i did do i did so i've kind of just like almost ironically wanted to buy a pair of pit vipers you know what those are Mm -mm. they're like sunglasses that are like really big like it's like baseball players oh like like those glasses things maybe yeah yeah, yeah, i know you're talking about so i've been kind of like thinking it'd be kind of cool just to rock a pair of pit oh vipers goodness. and uh but they're super expensive like i'm not gonna spend i don't i don't buy those types of like name brand stuff typically i've got a couple ray bands but like i don't typically spend a lot of money on yeah, things yeah. like sunglasses and so i'm like okay what if i just get an off brand on amazon well like all the off brands that are just like look like pit vipers are still like 20 bucks yeah and they clearly are not because like they they like the logo somewhat looks like Pit Viper, but it doesn't say Pit Viper. So then it's almost worse because it's like I'm wearing fake Pit Viper. Yeah, it's that like you're clearly... wearing Adidas with four stripes. Right. But 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 it doesn't say Adidas. It says something else, but like yeah. kind of looks like the yeah, logo. Yeah. So I'm like on this Timu side, I'm like, I just want to try this just to see how it works. And I found a pair of Pit Vipers, right? That's how they were. That's the logo that's on them. And it's that they're marketed to sunglasses, whatever. For f- is $5.95 free shipping. Wow. So what? like, what's going to hurt? Like, what, what's the worst that can happen? 5.95 free shipping. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. So I bought them and it took a couple of weeks to make two and a half weeks for them to get here. Not only do they say Pit Viper, but there's the same box like the because Pit Vipers have like a like a certain like style box that has like funny things on the back, almost like a nutrition value. You know, thing. they wanted us to do an affiliate link. Do we need to just set up an affiliate link being that you're talking about? Really? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, man, I totally rock some Pit Vipers. They like, wanted get to put, pit they want, no, they, no, no, not Pit Vipers. Tim, we wanted to partner with like, oh, t- it's like they listen to the podcast. Because we got an email in our inbox of like, hey, you could be one of our, inf- our influencer partners. Dude, let's get us on there. But anyways, um, here's my thing with this. One, I know a lot of these products are being made. I don't have a pair of Pit Vipers to like compare quality. Yeah. But I know a lot of these products are actually being made in China. Right. So maybe it's the exact same company, the exact same, pro- like the same manufacturer, or maybe it's a knockoff. But like, it's weird because most of the things on their site, they're not marketing as like the name brand. It's like clearly a knockoff their own brand. But these are like say pit viper on them. So I don't know if it's like a weird thing, but here's what worries me. I got these pair of glasses for six bucks. I think I could easily sell these glasses at, and I'm not recommending doing this, but here's the point I'm trying to make. I could see myself at a booth at a swap meet or not me, but somebody at a booth at a swap meet with a whole bunch of pit vipers set up, selling them for $35, $40 a, a pair yeah, yeah. And, and saying like, yeah, I got a good deal on these. And so people, instead of paying over a hundred dollars for glasses, like, man, I can get a pair for 35 bucks here at the swap meet. They say pit Viper, they have the same box, but like, they're probably knockoffs, right? Like $6 for them. They, I but you don't even know, right? But I clearly didn't buy them through pit Viper. Right. So yeah. it's like a weird thing where it's like, this could really impact. 
because I know that there are sellers who sell things at swap meets that have had to buy in bulk. And and so there's maybe the shady aspect of that. Like maybe this is a knockoff item that you shouldn't be selling. But in the past, like if I was a, a swap meet seller or something like that, I would have to buy like a thousand units of an item mm-hmm. in order to make the price worth buying and shipping from China. Mm-hmm. Now I can buy 15 or 20. Yeah, true. And true. set it up and see how they do. And if they don't sell, no big deal. And if they sell, I know I've got a product. You know what I mean? You just keep showing up. And you And so it totally lowers the barrier of entry. Now, maybe you're not getting the same price. Maybe the same pair of glasses, if you're buying 10,000 units, you're getting for a dollar a pair of glasses as opposed to six. But for the average person, like that's a super low barrier to entry. And that could be a major disruptor in in that whole market space. I don't know. I, I don't I've, know I've been a believer. I've been saying this for years on the podcast that... I do believe like the golden age of private label is kind of going away. Like, I don't even think it's a golden age anymore. Yeah. I feel uh, like a lot of people are getting over the like Amazon shopping. Yeah. And, and you know, like it was funny. It's, it's funny you bring that up because I, you know, I teach uh, homeschool kids and, and one of them had found out I was a reseller and they came up to me like, Hey, one of my guys on my baseball team bought like uh, lemon squeezers or something like for cents on the dollar at Alibaba and made like $4,000 on a weekend. And I'm like, I think there's more to the story, but it's possible, mm-hmm. right? It's possible he did that. Like, and he was telling me, like, I know how to research. You know, I go to Jungle Scout. And I'm like, wow, this is like some 16 year old kid. But I, I think once that information has gone out to like the masses, I think that golden era is done. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, same with retail arbitrage in the sense that everybody knows how to ungate because that was something that people gate kept, right? People didn't talk about how they got. Ungated, and now everybody. I, somebody was talking about you could buy Nike socks at Kohl's to get ungated in Nike, and I was like, "Really? Like you go online? That like that wasn't how it was." Now I don't know if that's true. Let us know in the comments. But I saw a TikTok about that. I'm like, "There's no way." Anyways, the reason I say that is what you're saying to me is another signal of the the resale market. Those that are going to be successful in the coming years are not going to be the people selling new stuff. It's going to be the collectible. It's going to be the vintage. It's going to be the hard to find items. Yeah. The scary thing is though, like how much that stuff, okay. If it's vintage and super old and collectible, probably not being mass produced fakes, but you know, a lot of things like, I mean, like we've said before, like it makes sense for companies to fake like certain products, Mm -hmm. but you know, like, $5, $6 $5, $6 pit viper fakes. Like that's crazy. So first in the last podcast, you're talking about disinformation, misinformation to throw people off at garage shows by putting up fake garage shows. Now you're, you're sharing with us how to sell pit vipers on the low. I mean, the point, <laughs> just give me a hard time. Yeah. I mean, the point, the, the thing is, okay, people, the people who do nefarious things, I know, I know they're I know. already down this path. Oh, it's already happened. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent guaranteed that it's happened a thousand times over. But I think it's wise for the average person to be thinking about these things and yeah. think about how they can be. Cause I mean, okay, what if it wasn't that obvious $35? Okay. So I don't know what a pit vipers cost. I think they're over a hundred, something like that. But let's say, you know, they're like a hundred bucks and you go to a garage sale and somebody's got like four of them on a table and they're like, yeah, you know, 50 bucks. Like I bought these. You'd have no idea and be like, sweet half off for pit vipers having no idea that they bought them for six bucks in their fakes, like, which just makes you anything that you're buying. If as a reseller, you can't know the fakes on everything, but you should be trying somewhat to be paying attention to what the possible fakes are on things and like how to know the difference. Because yeah, if you're just like, Oh sweet, this person has like, we've talked about like, you know, people buying like Nike shoes or like whatever in their inbox. But if it's easier to acquire fakes that could totally mess things up. 
I just I just googled that there's a whole bunch of TikToks about your pit vipers. Really? From Temu. Yeah, look. Temu sells pit vipers, so people are like, look at what I found, and it's all over TikTok. That's so, crazy. That is see, you're you're trendy, my friend. You're trending. Well, I you know, I'm so trendy, I didn't even know I was trendy. That's how hipster I am. Yeah. I didn't even need TikTok to tell me to, to to find pit vipers. There you go. All right. Hey, uh, if you haven't had an opportunity oh, did you have another one? That was both of them, right? That's good. I don't really have any. The only thing I wanted to share is and and this is gonna be on our Monday mini coming up, I believe, is always share your reseller. So today at the homeschool, I teach uh, the home, so I teach homeschool co-op. Usually, what that is is you teach like a, a class, right? I teach three different classes uh, once a weekend, and one of the parents came and said, "Hey, look what I got! I got all these vintage uh, guitar magazines, and I got a Xbox 360 untested. You know, I you know I just want to give these to you, and you can do with them what you want." All of, I, I didn't do anything for them. All I said was, "I'm a reseller," and I talked about it once, and sure enough. I got free inventory and and I looked at some of the magazines and I'm probably going to make a few hundred, I think on, I don't know a few hundred, but at least a hundred on the magazines. And I don't know about the Xbox. So you just never know. All right. Hey, before we get moving forward, uh, one of the places that Mike and I love uh, learning from is our own discord. <laughs> it's such a great yeah. place. Uh, we have a lot of, a lot of resellers and, and resellers from like different, you know, places. Some are Amazon and some are, uh, just vintage shirts. Uh, some are everything sellers. Uh, some are individuals that, you know, they're very good at selling books. Uh, some are storage locker people. I mean, all kinds. And so we're always learning. It's a great community. And it's one of the bonuses of helping us out on Pierce the Podcast by signing up for our Patreon. So if you haven't yet, uh, go to patreon.com slash Pierce the Podcast or go to the link below just for $5.55 a month, which is really not much, especially in this inflationary time. Uh, you know, you're going to get some great information and it's definitely going to be worth it to you. Even if you don't contribute, even if you're just a lurker, definitely worth your time. So check it, check out the link and help us out on Patreon. Also, uh, you can uh, always give us a call if you ever want to share a story uh, at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at pierstopodcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to the podcast and you've never gone over to YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification and like this episode. Uh, leave us some comments. Let us know, you know, what about this uh, episode you agreed or disagreed with. Always helps us out in the algorithm if you just put comments even. I don't know. Maybe I think the algorithm flags that now, but, you know, whatever helps. And as always, thank you for all of you that leave us reviews on iTunes with five stars and descriptions. It really helps us out. So if you haven't yet, Go on over to Apple iTunes and drop us a five-star review. Are right, you ready to talk about some important things here? Let's do it. eBay's earning report. eBay's promoted listings have changed. And eBay changes California bill for secondhand section in stores. All of this and more on the eBay. So on the last one, I don't think eBay changed it. I just forgot to put a comma, but that's okay ebay change comma ebay didn't change anything <laughs> that was like a total okay so what is it uh uh ron burgundy like you'll read anything you put on there yeah that's exactly i, what I just pulled that right now <laughs> there you go all right so it, it is interesting right now because these these q4 earnings from ebay i believe are very telling of what's going on right now uh things have changed a lot and so you know I still think reselling is a great way to make money on the side. I think it's you can still go full time, 
but you got to be aware of the environment you're in. And so the Q4 earnings came out and it was interesting because on the eBay seller community report, they only mentioned like that they made 18.2 billion in gross merchandise volume. What gross merchandise volume is, if you're new to this, it's basically money that they made on selling items, right? So eBay makes money doing that and they do it on other, other ventures. The two that directly relate to us is gross merchandise volume is stuff that sells on eBay and ad revenue. That means money that they make off of sellers uh, that do promoted listings or advanced promoted listings, which is pay-per-click and so on. And so it, some interesting things. I mean, they brought up that, you know, their highlights for Q4, uh, you know, they bought TGC player. They introduced more pictures. Uh, they have this thing called guaranteed fit for eBay motors. Like yep. if something doesn't fit, they'll pay for the return. Uh, and, you know, they're big on authenticity guarantee. It's interesting that they mentioned eBay live because it really hasn't taken off. No, not yet. And I'm not sure what's going on because I would love to do an eBay live right now. I just think it'd be more streamlined than whatnot because we're not, you know, I have to go over to whatnot, you know, I have to do all their shipping. I have to do everything, you know, whatnot. If it could be right off of eBay and I don't have to take pictures or anything, it'd be great. But I don't know when, when they're doing that. Uh, this was interesting because I still think a lot of people that listen to us or are new to reselling still don't ship globally. There's still a lot of money to be made. So over 50% of inventory uh, in the th top three markets currently available for export, meaning that over 50% of, you know, businesses are doing international shipping. But there, that means that there's still a whole lot that aren't. That means if you get into that space, there's money for you to make. Yeah, but we don't. It's one of those things like we want our listeners in that space, uh, but it's kind of nice that more than 50% of people are not in there. because <laughs> Less than 50%, more, but yeah, almost okay, 50%. Less, almost around 50% uh, because it's more money for us. So if you're a listener of PRSL Podcast, you deserve to get in on that piece of the pie, <laughs> oh but don't tell anybody else. There's plenty of pie. All right. Now, this was interesting because eBay just shared on their eBay seller page that they had $8.2 billion in gross merchandise volume in sales. Okay. But the reality is that number is higher than Q3, which makes sense because it's Q4, but it's lower than all the numbers in 2021. I mean, yeah, 2020, yeah, 2021 and the first part of 2022, right? So in Q3 of 2021, it was 19.9 billion. Uh, in Q4, it was 20.7 billion. Uh, in Q1 of 2022, it was 19.4. Q2, 2022, 18.5. Q3, uh, 2022, 17.7, and this one was 18.2 billion. So, what does that tell me? That it says less people are buying on eBay, yeah, right? It's, or it's a downward trend. It's too bad they don't show us the uh, the Q4 of 2021 because that would actually be the the comparison. Like, how where are we doing compared oh, no, to the last year? Well, no, here's Q4 2021. Yeah, it is lower. Q4 oh, of 2021 was 20.7 20. billion. That's a, that's a significant that's a significant drop to go from 20.7 to 18.2. Yeah. That's, so, that's pretty significant. So what does that mean overall? Okay, so I wouldn't say panic in the sense that 80% of, of businesses on eBay do not sell secondary goods like we do. We're only the 20%, right? But that does say that overall, right, sales have slowed down. Yeah, eBay numbers are down. Yeah, so, so be aware of that, right? Understand that maybe that means that you got to promote your items, which you should be promoting anyways. Maybe that means that, you know, you got to take more offers. Maybe that means you got to source more selectively, uh, all those things. And so just be aware of that. Now, here's the other <laughs> number. There is one number that didn't go down 
And that's how much money uh, eBay is making off of ads. So they're advertising revenue. Okay. So in Q4 of 2021, okay, uh, their revenue was at 285 million. Okay. Their revenue, uh, this Q4 was 319 million. Okay. So they had a 20% or 12% drop in their, how much they actually sold. Correct. But they had, let me do the math on this one. They had a. Well, it says, well, it's up 30 plus 30, 1.8% from. That, yeah, that's the okay. previous one. But like, we want to look, we want to compare apples to apples here. So 2021 was, what's that? Is that million? Yes, millions. Okay, let me pull up my calculator again. <laughs> okay. So you and so, keep talking. So the trend is that, yes, eBay is definitely making money off of promoted listings and it's helping their bottom line. So. How do you react to this, right? A lot of people, when I post this stuff on Instagram, a lot of people get so mad. Like, okay, so I, I hate eBay, end of eBay. Well, yeah, I mean, they had a 12% drop yeah, in their total but, sales, but they had a uh, 11% increase in in their advertising revenue. Correct. So that means, so it's not like they had a 11% increase and things stayed the same, but that's comparing to, we we actually sold fewer things, but made more money on the things we sold. That or that not that we sold, but that was sold on our platform. So that means eBay is doing worse, but making more money off of sellers. Correct. Like, that kind of sucks. Correct. It does. It does. But it's the reality of things, right? The re- you got to work with the reality that you're you've been handed, right? So, what does that mean? It means that eBay isn't gonna you know stop doing promoted listings. It's not. I don't think eBay may even discount promoted listings, right? Because that that is helping them out, right? And again. Business holder businesses are all about right. Their stockholders, right? Those that they're responsible to. Those are the answer to. Now you could say yes, us as sellers, we are part of that, but we're the stakeholders. We're not the stockholders, right? So yes, do they have you know a, an imperative to you know help resellers because obviously uh, it's good PR. It helps their business. It gets more people on the platform selling. Uh, but in the end, right even in this downturn economy, they got to find ways uh, that they're going to make it happen. So what does that mean for you on a practical level? That means you got to do promoted listings. Like I, 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 I see the algorithm pushing things definitely lower if you're not promoting your items. Or it could be like Orlando where you, you're promoting, you run sales and you do everything. It's not happening, but it is, it is what it is. Now, here's the other thing. And this was interesting because a lot of people comment on Instagram saying, Oh, this has been going on for a long time, Orlando. Like you're, you know, you're late, da da da. And I'm like, no, like this is actually new. Uh, and let me explain why. So eBay randomly, this wasn't even, I don't think, in the winter update, uh, said uh, something from their. This was from their eBay marketing program. Uh, they stated that they are going to change promoted listings. Now, this only will affect you if you don't have an all across the board promoted listing. So let's say you only promote maybe 25 percent of your items. Or maybe a handful, right? But if you have two uh, percent all across the board, right, this isn't going to bother you. But so let's take a look at what this. Let, let me read this for you. So we will be expanding what we qualify. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to accept an offer while talking. <laughs> we will be expanding what we qualify and report as an attributed sale for promoted listing standard to include when a buyer clicks on one of your standard ads and then purchases any of your promoted listing standard items within 30 days. So what that means is <clears throat> if you have an item 
that's promoted and they click on it, but they don't buy it. Right. They choose to buy something else in your store, but that item is promoted. That they're going to get the promoted fee regardless, even if even if it wasn't the the item that they eventually bought, they didn't get to it via your promoted ad. The fact that they clicked on a promoted ad within that 30 days, that means anything that's promoted is going to be counted as promoted. But I understand why, because let's be honest here. Most likely, 99% of the time, majority of the time, whatever that is, if they click on a promoted item, don't buy that item, but happen to buy something else in your store, they found that other item in your store or found your store because of the promoted item they clicked on. Yeah, it's very possible. I think that's most of the time. I think the chances of them looking up like a random thing, clicking on a promoted item of yours, and then finding something else of yours organically without like other items from the seller or their eBay algorithm pushing some of the items in your store to them because they know that they're looking for the type of niche you're in. And I think mo- I think this is not going to affect most people barely at all. Mm. I think this is not a big deal. Okay. I don't think, I, I think that maybe over the course of the year, you're looking at maybe one or two cells that go through promoted listing where this impacts you. And probably those one or two happen to be because they found maybe let's say you sell plumbing, plumbing fixtures. Like that's your store. You sell plumbing fixtures. Somebody clicks on a promoted item. Your item was pushed up to the top because you promoted it. They're like, oh, this isn't quite the color I want. And they're like, oh, see items from from this seller. Oh, look, they have another one of a similar, you know, uh, shape, but it's a different color. And they click on that one and they buy it. They found it because they clicked on a promoted item. They're kind of, you're still getting the advertisement because of that promotion. So I, I see that this makes sense. It's going to affect some sellers. But if you're an everything store, this will probably never affect you. If you are pretty niche down in something in your everything store, like Orlando, you've got a bunch of Harley shirts or Hawaiian shirts, then somebody might click on a promoted uh, Hawaiian shirt and then be like, eh, I don't really like this print. Oh, look, this seller also has like 10 other Hawaiian shirts. Oh, I like that print. So I think they still found it because you promoted that item. I don't think it's a big deal that that eBay. Yeah, gets but the, the problem is it's the other item was an organic listing. That's where people. No, have- it's not an org- because they're. I would say most of the time they're getting it because if you if you're buying. How, yeah. how often do you buy things on eBay? Yeah, once a month or so. OK, so when you buy things on eBay, it shows you like other things in the store or other things from the seller yeah. or similar items they're not probably just searching again for other things and then not clicking on something that's promoted. Or there could be the person that like just said, you know, they saved your store, right? Because they, they like the inventory. Like a lot of the people that follow my store on eBay, the, the one I, we have public. But then they're probably not clicking on promoted items through searches. They're probably going to your store specifically. So they're not true. triggering that. True, true. I think this is a minor thing. I don't think this is even... It's possible. It wasn't minor thing on Instagram. I'll tell you that. <laughs> People were not happy. Because I think you can you can make it seem like, oh, eBay is going to be pulling more items, even if the item wasn't promoted and they didn't even click on that. But I honestly think like we're probably talking about this might cost you a few dollars a year. Maybe. I think I think you very... Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the comments. I, I am kind of ambivalent to it. My angle on it is, again, is eBay is charging more fees eBay is and again and I'm not about fee okay I don't think it's terrible I think it's still a great deal that we're getting the fact that we can list things on eBay they do all the marketing we can ship globally like give us seller protection I think it's all great but you know there's things like unpaid items that hasn't been fixed yet yet we kept getting nickel and dimed here and there and so that's where I think a lot of resellers begin to take a a negative spin when it comes uh, to eBay 
No, I will say Mike and I are always super positive. <laughs> I still go back. One of the best comments I would say on the Discord was how somebody said, you guys are the only Discord we've been in that no one is negative about eBay. Yeah, or isn't just like an eBay hate fest. Yeah, I, I, I take that as a badge of honor. I'm glad for that because, yes, eBay is a great tool. It's just, you know, the reasons that I'm passionate about it is like I want eBay to thrive because I think if eBay thrives and eBay takes care of the resellers, it's going to continue to put more people on the platform and it's going to get more people to buy from the platform. But if people begin to leave the platform and go to whatnot and go to whatever, uh, you know, and eBay lose some of that market share, well, it all, it's also going to drive less traffic. So anyways, but I'm not one of the big CEOs there, so I don't know everything that's going on. All right. So this last thing here, I thought this was interesting. So there's a bill that is introduced uh, in in California. And basically the bill, the intention of the bill is to make uh, stores uh, responsible in part of the recycling process of, of clothing. So the big issue lately has been all that fast fashion, like Sheen and all, uh, you know, there's been like landfills full of just that clothing. And so they're trying to prevent that. And they're also going to ban certain clothing somehow from, I guess, being sold or recycled. I don't know. Let me let me just read it to you uh, a short note here. So under Newman's bill, uh, this is the uh, Democrat uh, State Assembly member from California. Uh, the state would need to adopt regulations for a textile stewardship program by December 31st, 2025. So it's still a while from now. Yeah, a little bit of time. Uh, within 12 months, the industry would need to submit a plan to comply, at which point Cal Recycle would start listing up-to-code businesses on its website to let retailers know which products are clear to sell in California. So, and the rest of the article, I don't want to get into it, but it's also talking, it basically was suggesting that a lot of these stores are going to be recommended i don't know if it's going to be mandated but recommended that they have a secondhand portion to it right to continue that recycling and we already have that like patagonia does that um zara i think does that uh there, there's a lot of stores that already do that secondhand thing yeah i just you know again it to me it's another reason why to source selectively because i think in time we're going to not just be competing with other resellers you're just going to be competing with corporations which in turn may end up zero your listings. See, what I don't think is going to happen most likely, though, is I don't think it's going to be these corporations. I feel like it's going to be third parties. What's going to happen is these corporations, in order to get up to code, are going to put a bin in there. I mean, there's already some, like, we go to, I think it's like a Carter's or something like that, or a H&M occasionally have, like, these little bins, and it's like, you can recycle your clothing mm -hmm. there. Of like, And I don't think, for the most part, the H&M is saying, we're going to spend all the money to, like, do all the work with all these items and see... What they're doing is they're either shipping it overseas to a company that's going to filter out what's worthwhile, what's not, you know, give it to, you know, some donation, some be resold. Like, so I think that's what's going to happen, probably most of it. And maybe if there's like a handful of like really expensive items, but I don't really see every company saying like we are going to sell our own secondhand stuff. Some are those. I think are. some will. I just don't think that's going to be the like if this gets passed in California. Like I don't think that like every clothing brand is going to be trying to open up their own secondhand version of their store because they're but already. If, if, but if it's made law, then they have to. You know what I mean? Well, I, they're going to be able to. I would imagine they're going to be able to comply with law by just recycling it. And there's going to be third party companies that literally will just pick up these bins and they make a contract with them and. These companies pick up the bins and they maybe pay money or maybe the, the, they, the company that picks up the bins might have to pay. They might end up making money off. It's like when California passed the law that stores would um, or you couldn't 
you had to pay for plastic bags in stores. But then also the other part of the law that people voted for was that the store got to keep the money for the bags that were paid for instead of that money going to, you know, conservation or whatever. So it's like, I think that's what it's going to be, something like that, where this bill will get passed, but I don't think it's going to hurt the, the stores. I think they're going to be able to sell. Basically, they're going to be selling secondhand clothing to third party companies, which could, again, make competition for us, because if these are going to third party companies who are filtering out all the good stuff, selling the good stuff on on the market and then all the stuff that's, you know, not resellable are sending to, you know, third world countries and giving them away as donations, which, again, there's nothing wrong with that. That, mm-hmm. that might be a benefit thing to society. So. Who knows how this turns out? I don't. I just don't see that like most stores are going to be like, like having like their secondhand version or on their website because that's a ton of infrastructure. Like think about like how long it's taken eBay yeah. to give us uh, instant payment. Like companies aren't just going to be like, wait, we have to just in California have this secondhand store thing, and then we have you, to. You process, forget, you forget this is California, my friend. Well, I, I'm not saying California <laughs> won't pass that, but I I, I just think that it's going to be these things are going to be sent to third party companies who are going to be dealing with it. So I don't think it's going to be like every store. So I, I think it will produce some competition, but I don't think it's going to be as much as you're thinking. Yeah, I, I do think, for example, I am fascinated about what Patagonia does. So Patagonia has, they have, it's called Warnware. So you can send them Patagonia stuff and they'll they'll actually uh, give you the shipping label. They give you like a flat rate shipping label. You put it in your used Patagonia stuff and you ship it out. And then they give you Patagonia credit and then you can buy stuff uh, from their website, right? And it, and the prices are are pretty good. So, for example, I'm looking even right now. Right now, uh, for example, there's a sweater vest that new is worth uh, two hundred and five dollars, and they're selling it for seventy four bucks. Like that, that's a pretty great deal, right? And and this is something at the thrift store that I probably, if I could pick up for five, I probably would list it at yeah. around sixty to seventy dollars. Yeah. Right. So more competition. Yeah. I think some brands will do that for sure. Um, which might not hurt reseller. I mean, okay. That might hurt resellers for the Patagonia market, but like, for instance, like, uh, there's a, there's a a running store here that does sells running shoes and they do the same thing. Like they have a, a, a little part of their warehouse where you can, where they'll buy back your, or you can donate your old running shoes and then they'll sell running shoes that are like used, but like still have some miles on them. But, I don't think like the fact that, and it's a, it's the biggest running store in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that is, is hurt. The store with the big shoe on top. Um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. Um, the, you would, you would know. Anyways, go ahead. it's like off the five. Yeah. 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 It's that shoe store. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I think it's called the running store. Um, maybe not, but anyways, they, uh, they have that, that, that whole section that does that because that store does that doesn't like impact the, the ability to sell used, running shoes on eBay. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so I think it will, it'll, it'll be uh roadrunner. That's what it is. Yeah. Roadrunner. So yeah, th- there will be some competition. It's going to hurt you some, but um, I think a bill passing like that probably won't be as impactful as it sounds initially. Cause I think most of that stuff is just going to get shipped to a third party company overseas. Yeah. We'll see. I just, I do think in the clothing market, the competition is just going to get even worse. Deeper. Hey, maybe, maybe we'll be able to swoop in. I mean, here's where like resellers, if you're, you're, we've talked to um, Latin pickers with the books at like Goodwill, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're able to go into like your local H and M or your local whatever and say, like, Hey, can we work with you? Like I, H&M, I donate, yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, 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 I yeah. donate clothes and I help work with, and um, I sell some clothes and I'll make sure that your clothes are recycled. I've passed my California, whatever uh, program in order to show that I do all these things right with the clothes. Uh, can I buy your clothes off of you? And so you're able to buy pallets of clothes for, you know, 
pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And then you go through them and sell some of them and donate the rest to, you know, charities. And, and the recycling continues. That's right. And there, anyways, hey, that is our reseller topics. Uh, you know, this is this is a longer episode. <laughs> it's so funny. I when we before we recorded, I said, Mike, I got kind of gotta get a skeleton for today. He's like, good. Uh, I don't think I don't think we'll go that long. And here we are. Yeah. Because we just love talking about it. All right. What do we got here for some uh things for people to look out for? What's your bolo? Yeah, the bolos. All right. So my bolo is um kind of generic, but I'll try and be specific. I'm not gonna give any specific brands, but office supplies specifically that are have to deal with like fitness or uh ergo ergonomics, right? Like whether it's keyboards, mouse, uh, standing pads, stand-up desks. I just recently bought at a thrift store and they're pretty profitable. I paid like $5 for them to um, like foam wedge things where you can stand where it puts your feet at an incline uh, for standing desks and they sell for like almost $50 on eBay. They're new. Huh. Uh, so it's a bolo because people are looking for these things. Um, and of course, as the you know markets do it's you can get now an ergonomic mouse or a keyboard on amazon for 25 30 dollars but there's some people who like really like certain brands if you got the old school keyboards or mouse that they know they enjoy or you find the new things at garage sales or thrift stores somebody bought you know yeah somebody bought this for me and then i've never opened it and it's like a you know a walking thing at a desk or something like that something more and more people are trying to incorporate fitness, health, or ergonomics and just trying to like keep their body safe while they're working at desks, especially a lot of people moving to home stuff. So I just say that these are things to be on the lookout for. Of course, you got to do your research because some of it's just mass-produced junks. Some of it, it's like saying t-shirts, right? Like some t-shirts are going to be $2 t-shirts. Some are going to be $250 t-shirts. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely money and people are looking for these types of things. So when you see stuff that's specifically towards, and a lot of times it's marketed and you see like somebody in an office or somebody at a desk, pay attention to that because there's going to be somebody who's looking for that type of item. Yeah, I mean, just to be more specific, the Microsoft Ergonomic, the Microsoft 4000 keyboard, mm -hmm. I, that's always a, a good sell for me. Yeah, like, quick pickup. I yeah. pick it up for like one or two bucks at a garage sale, and within a few days, I'll be able to sell it for like thirty bucks. Yeah, plus shipping. Yeah, quick, quick flips and things that that are are, are very profitable with that. Yeah. All right, so, what do you got? So this one we had in the early days when we had hustle the week. We had uh, some people, you know, uh, call these in, uh, but we haven't talked about this in a long time. Bobbleheads. Mm. Now, not all bobbleheads are valuable. Don't just go picking up every single bobblehead you see. But if you see a bobblehead, it's always worth a pickup. Yep. Or a lookup, for sure. Oh, sorry. No, it's worth a look up, my bad. But even like, for example, you know, in San Diego, in the Padres, they have this San Diego chicken. You know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? Yep. Right. That bobblehead, like every time I pick it up, I'll pick it up for like two, three bucks. I'm just killing my own market, by the way. Now I've sold a few of those. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. It sells for like 20, 30 bucks, yeah. like quick flip. Right. Or you get other bobbleheads that, you know, if they're vintage or they're a certain character, sometimes even like broadcaster ones uh, sell for good money. So it never hurts to just, you know, on eBay, just, you know, take a look at some of the bobbleheads and, and maybe you'll come across them. But uh, some I've done, I've sold some bobbleheads for like 50 to a hundred bucks sometimes. Yeah. A lot of times these bobbleheads too are given away as like, game day like you come to the game and you get it as mm -hmm. like a, a a reward for coming to the game or whatever and the reason it's weird because they're like mass produced and they literally given out like twenty thousand of them or 
40,000 of them. So it's like there shouldn't be a lot of money in them. And if you go to thrift stores in the area, you're probably going to find them eventually. But if you're a collector or you're a fan of that team and you haven't been able to make all the games and you didn't get that and you've got a whole bunch of them already, you're going to pay money for it. You're going to say, like, well, I got to get it from somebody. Like, yeah. I didn't go to that game and I want that yeah. bobblehead. I mean, here's an interesting one. I had mentioned broadcaster, so I just came across one on eBay right now. This is a, a NESN Jerry, Remy, and Don Ursulo Boston Red Sox original bobblehead exclusive. So this is a station that Mike and I have know about. This is just local, but it's sold for $200 pre-owned. Like, and, and maybe there's something that somebody just found in a thrift store for five bucks and just flipped it, you know? So keep an eye out, at least to research bobbleheads. All right. Hey, uh, before we move on, uh, I do think I'm going to do some whatnot auctions coming up and a great way for you to get free stuff from those whatnot auctions. You know, somebody, I think somebody just messaged me on Instagram, like, Hey, it's time to get rid of your winter death files. <laughs> and I'm like, well, are people, people just want me to give away my inventory, but here's the, here's the thing. You can get some great deals, whether it be from me or anybody else on whatnot. So if you haven't yet, go to our link below, uh, sign up via our link on whatnot. You're going to get a free $15 credit uh, that's going to allow you to maybe even get one free item, maybe two uh, with shipping included, depending on what it is. Uh, but it definitely, you know, it's a great way to just source or find something that you like. So if you haven't yet, check out our whatnot link below and uh, join us in the auction if I do one soon. Nice. All right. So what are you looking forward to this next week? Um, I'm looking forward to an inventory clean out. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go through and unlist a bunch of the stuff that I think is not valuable anymore. Go through a bunch of the things that are my death pile that I don't plan on listing. Uh, and I think I'm going to do another swap meet run uh, because nice. I have a lot of things. And with a, an upcoming move, I, I don't want to bring what I don't need to bring and isn't going to be profitable. And uh, it'll kind of be nice because, you know, when you have a ton of inventory, I don't have a ton of inventory, but when you have a lot of inventory and, you know, a good percentage of it is not great because you bought stuff early on that you wouldn't buy now. It's kind of nice to kind of have that purge clean and then know that everything in my store now is something that I'm happy to have in my store. I wonder what that would look like if I tried doing that. Do it, man. It'd be crazy. You'd probably feel so amazing. I don't know. I don't know. So for me, I am going to be working on my taxes. Just because I don't want to wait to the end. So that's my goal. We uh, have to October. So I am going to do something weird. Being that things have slowed down, I have a lot of stuff to list that's at home. So I am only going to source garage sales. That's all I'm going to do. Good idea. Uh, like, I've been thinking you should do that for a while. <laughs> it's true. When you've got piles of stuff and yeah, I see you constantly going out and sourcing more. I'm like, if you'd have spent the four hours that you spent today driving, doing the deals and the... You probably could have listed a hundred items. It's possible. It's just, there's so many good deals out there, but uh, yeah, I'm going to take a break right now. till things rebound. I'm just, and again, I'm a full-time seller. So it ha- I have to have a lot of random inventory for me to sit back and not be, do that. I mean, I, I do, I think have enough to list at least 20 to 30 day at the least uh, for a little while. If I really went through my inventory. So, so that's what I'm going to do and uh, maybe do a few whatnots. Uh, I just, you know, I've always said you got to be cash heavy. I do think we're going to be in for a lot of pain economically here, not as eBay, but as a country. Uh, and I, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But if that's the case, there's going to be even better deals available. So you want to make sure that you're cash heavy. Uh, but hey, I know many of you are succeeding. I know many of you are doing well. Keep doing what you're doing. Encourage us that aren't doing so well that, hey, things will get better. And uh, hope that everyone is doing well. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Late.
Peace.